ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so today then we start the new chapter Bab Majaa fi anna sababa kufri bani Adam wa tarkihim dinahum huwa al-ghulu fi salihin Wa qawlillahi ta'ala ya ahla al-kitab la taghlu fi dinikum The chapter regarding the fact or what has been mentioned regarding the reason for the kufr of Bani Adam and their abandonment of their religion, it is due to their excessiveness, their exaggeration in the righteous. And then the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya ahla al-kitabi la taghlu fi dinikum. O people of the book, do not exaggerate or go into excessiveness in your religion. So, somebody want to read first? So this chapter then is going to discuss one of the main reasons why shirk occurred within Bani Adam 
And one of the main reasons why many of them abandoned their religion or ended up exiting from it due to their excessiveness and their exaggeration in the righteous people. Their ghulu fi salihin excessiveness and exaggeration in the righteous people. Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan says here then, Bab ma jaa'a, يعني ما ورد من الأدلة من أن سبب كفر بني آدم meaning that this chapter is going to mention some of the evidences explaining the reason behind the kufr of some of Bani Adam why certain people they fell into kufr and they exited from the religion this chapter is going to mention some of those reasons. And that is, Al-Ghulu Fisalihin, due to their exaggeration and going beyond the boundaries when it came to the righteous people. Al-Ghulu Fil-Lughah, huwa ziyadah anil had. Ghulu, Linguistically, it means going beyond the boundaries of something, going beyond the limits. When you go beyond the boundaries, beyond the limits, then you have gone into exaggeration, into excessiveness, into ghulu. You call غَلَى الْقَدْرُ أو الْقِدْرُ إِذَا زَادَ وَمِنْهُ يُقَالْ غَلَى السِّعْرُ إِذَا زَادَ فِي الْأَسْوَاقِ فَالْغُلُوْ فِي اللُّغَةِ هُوَ الزِّيَادَةِ عَنِ الْحَدِّ So the chapter title mentioned that one of the reasons why kufr occurred within mankind was due to their غُلُو the Shaykh is explaining from the beginning what does the word ghulu mean. And he's highlighting that it means going beyond the boundaries and beyond the limits. And he gives a few examples. For example, ghala si'r, when the prices they rise or when the pot it boils. And this all indicates something going over and above and beyond a certain limit. Islamically speaking, al-ghulu, this exaggeration and excessiveness, huwa ziyadah anil haddil mashru' It is to go in addition over and above and beyond the prescribed Islamic and legislative boundaries and limits of something. If you go beyond the Islamic limits on something, where Islam has limited it to, you go beyond that, then you are now falling into ghulu into excessiveness and exaggeration. 
ويسمى طغيانا طغيان طاغوت then they have a similar meaning in so far as transgressing the boundaries of something so specifically to this chapter what is the meaning of having ghulu in the salihin how can you have this ghulu in righteous people al ghulu fi salihin huwa ziyadah fi madhihim it is when you go into excessiveness exaggeration in praising them al ghulu fi salihin huwa ziyadah fi madhihim al ghulu this excessiveness or exaggeration what's the word they use Excessive. excessiveness in the righteous people it is that you increase and go over and above and beyond in praising them وَرَفْعِهِمْ فَوْقَ مَكَانَتِهِمْ And that you raise them above their rank and station and level. بِأَنْ يُجْعَلْ لَهُمْ شَيْءٌ مِنَ الْعِبَادَةِ Such that, as we'll see the mushrikun, they even raise them to a level over and above and beyond, whereby they actually started... Worshipping them even. So that is Al-Ghulu Fis-Salihin. Going over and above and in excess in praising them and raising them above their station and level and rank to the extent that they begin even worshipping them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Qur'an that the people of the book, they did that. The people of the book, they fell into this ghulu, this exaggeration and excessiveness in praise of the righteous and raising them over and above their level. So the people of the book, Al-Yahud, Wal-Nasara, and they are not the Jews and the Christians, and they are known as the people of the book because the prophets and messengers who were sent to them were given, it was revealed to them, books. The Christians and the Jews, their prophets and messengers were given books and revelations. So the people are known as the people of the book. So for example, the Jews... اليهود أنزل الله على نبيهم موسى عليه السلام التوراة موسى عليه السلام was given the Torah and النصارى أنزل الله على نبيهم عيسى عليه الصلاة والسلام الإنجيل and عيسى عليه السلام whom the Christians claim to follow then he was given the Injil So they were known as the people of the book to distinguish them and separate them from the other kuffar. All of them are kuffar. Do not think that this is some type of elevation. 
The scholars have mentioned, do not start to think that when we say the people of the book and we distinguish them from the other mushrikun who are not people of the book, various polytheists and Buddhists and Sikhs and all those types, they never had prophets and messengers who were given revelations of books. The Jews and the Christians were. But do not think that as a consequence of this, it is an elevation. Rather, the Jews and the Christians are just like all the others, kuffar. They are mushrikun, and they will be in the hellfire. Here when we're talking about their prophets, Musa alayhi salam and Isa alayhi salam, they were of course upon tawheed, and the revelations were revealed to them. So that is just the definition of the people of the book compared to all of the rest of the mushrikun. فَهَذَا فِيهِ تَنْبِيهِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْمَطْلُوبَ مِنْهُمْ أَنْ يَتَقَيَّدُوا بِالْكِتَابِ الَّذِي أُنْزِلَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَعَدَمْ مُجَاوَزَتِهِ وَهُوَ تَنْبِيهٌ لِكُلِّ عَالِمْ بِأَنْ يَلْتَزِمَ الْعَتِدَالِ so this is bringing awareness to you and alerting you to the fact that what is required is that the people, they restrict themselves to the revelations that were sent to them and they do not go beyond that. But of course we know the Jews and the Christians did not restrict themselves to that and they did indeed go beyond that so Allah says to them la taghlu ya ahla al-kitab o people of the book la taghlu do not go into exaggeration and excessiveness and extremism hadha nahyun min Allah ta'ala lahum an al-ghulu لِأَنَّ الْغُلُوْ إِمَّا أَنْ يَكُونَ فِي شَخْصٍ أَوْ يَكُونَ فِي دِينٍ So Allah has prohibited them from the ghulu. And the ghulu, this excessiveness and exaggeration beyond the bounds, it either occurs to a person that you go into excessiveness and beyond the bounds in raising a person, or it can be that this excessiveness occurs within your practice of the religion in some way. So the ghulu in terms of a person is al-mubalaghatu fi madhihi. It is that you go into excessiveness in praising him. وَرَفْعُهُ فَوْقَ مَنْزِلَتِهِ and that you then raise that person above his station and rank. You raise that person above the station and the rank that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed for him, for that person. And that is in fact as Sheikh Abdullah al-Bukhari highlighted, in his refutation against Abu Hassan al-Ma'rabi years ago, he mentioned that it is from the principles of Salafiyyah that we do not raise any person over and above his rank. 
Rather, ننزل الناس منازلهم That we put everybody in their due position. And we do not raise people above their due position. From the principles of Salafiyyah, he mentioned, it is from the principles of Ahlul Bida' that they raise their imams way over and above their level and rank to the extent some of the Sufis even raise their imams to the level that their imams don't even need to pray anymore, they claim. The imams even say we don't need to pray, some of them. We've reached such a level. That is from the ghulu of their followers. Now saying, khalas, our imams have reached such a level, they don't even have to pray anymore. And all types of other ghulu, this is known from the people of bid'ah. You've seen it amongst the Sufis and other people of innovation, having their gatherings and they are all coming, throwing money at them throwing 50 pound notes at them, throwing 20 pound notes at them, money everywhere. Us masakin come here empty handed, go home empty handed. Don't even find a pound coin on the floor. They have notes thrown at them, 50 pounds, 20 pounds. Ghulu, raising them to the extent we've mentioned in other chapters before. They believe some of them from the extreme misguidance and deviation that if you cannot have your dua answered, go to the imam. The imam will wipe on you and do other things and make the dua for you. Then your dua will be answered to the level of pregnancy and these affairs. They say to the women, if you cannot get pregnant, go to the imam. He will wipe on you, touch you physically and do these other affairs and make dua and you'll get pregnant. This is all from al-mubalagha fil madh And raising those people, their imams above their station and rank. Hence, the scholars have mentioned from the principles of Salafiyyah is that we put the people in their due level and do not praise them above that or raise them above that. And that is known and seen from the practice and the methodology of the scholars themselves. To this day, you'll hear the likes of a Sheikh Al-Fawzan saying, I am only a student. And a Sheikh Al-Albani, he used to say, I am only a student. And if that... Sometimes you hear them say, I am only a, not even a talib, I am a tuwaylib, a small student. So this is the mubalagha being spoken about in the people of the book in this context, how they raised their people to such an extent, they even went into worshipping them. As we'll see the Christians they raised, Isa alayhi salam to such a level, that they even began worshipping him. And at the time of Nuh alayhi salam, they raised those righteous people to such a level, they even began worshipping them. So, al-ghulu fi shakhs al-mubalagha fi madhihi wa raf'ihi fawqa manzilatihi allati anzalahu Allahu fiha. In terms of a person, it is therefore to go in excess and exaggeration in praising him and raising him above the level that Allah has put him at. As for the second type, al-ghulu fi'd-din, the exaggeration and excessiveness in terms of your practice of the religion, al-ziyada an al-had al-mashru' fi al-ibadat. That is that you go beyond the bounds, beyond the limits, 
in how you perform your worship. In the Quran, in the Sunnah, we've been told how to do our worship, what the methods of that are. If you go into exaggeration and go beyond, over and above what is prescribed, you are now going into hulu in your practice of the religion. So that is going beyond the boundaries of the prescribed worship. Fi maqadiriha, either in the amount. If you go beyond the prescribed amount of a worship. In the Qur'an and the Sunnah we've been told, the amount of each worship, how many raka'at, how many times you do this dhikr, this dua, we've been given amounts on the worships that you do. A person who goes beyond the prescribed amount. Some worships they don't have a prescribed amount, general dua, general dhikr, etc. But the ones that have prescribed amounts, if you go beyond those prescribed amounts, then you're going into ghulu. Aw fi kayfiyatiha. In the Quran, the Sunnah, in our religion, we've been told not just the numbers in terms of your worship, how much of you or how much of it you have to do. We've been told how you do it, the method of doing it. If a person then goes over and above the method of that worship and starts adding other things onto it, then again you've gone into ghulu in the method of performing that, performing that worship. كَمَا فِي قِصَّةِ الثَّلَاثَةِ الَّذِي جَاءُوا يَسْأَلُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَةِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم فَلَمَّا أُخْبِرُوا بِهَا كَأَنَّهُمْ تَقَالُوهَا لَكِنَّهُمْ قَالُوا أَيْنَ نَحْنُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَقَدْ غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ Like the narration about the three men when they came asking about the worship of the Prophet ﷺ. The three men it mentions in a narration, they came asking about how does the Prophet ﷺ do his worship? What does he do? How does he do it? So when they were told what the messenger does, how he does his worship, what he does, it's as though they then thought that we are nowhere compared to the messenger. That if that's what the messenger does, we are nothing compared to the messenger. So it's as though they thought they need to increase and increase and increase to try and get near the messenger. And they said, where are we compared to the messenger? The messenger, his sins have been forgiven, past and future. So one of them said, قَالَ أَحَدُهُمْ أَمَّا أَنَا فَأُصَلِّي وَلَا أَنَا One of them said then, as for me, I'm going to pray all night and not sleep. The messenger used to, Pray at night, but also sleep a portion of the night. They said, where are we compared to the messenger? I'm just going to pray the whole night. Another one said, Another one said, I am going to fast every day, never take a day off. 
Yet we know about the messenger. He used to fast and he used to take days off. But they said, where are we compared to the messenger? We need to push ourselves up. I'm going to fast every day, not take a day off. And the other one said, And the third one said, I'm never going to marry women. I'm never going to marry anyone. Gonna stay single and just do my worship, worship, worship. I'm not gonna marry, not gonna preoccupy myself or take my time with that. Focus fully on worship, never get married. And in one narration it mentions how one of them said, La akululaham, that I am never going to eat meat. Because eating meat is a luxury. Now we don't understand these things, but the people who came before us, they understood meat was a luxury. Even our parents' generations, they will tell you, from the countries and other places they came, the vegetables, that was the food. If the meat came, that was the day of luxury, that was eat. If some meat came. So one of them said, I'm never going to eat meat. Keep myself completely down on the ground. No meat, no luxury, just focus on the worship. So this is what they said. But this of course is now going beyond the boundaries of what the Prophet ﷺ used to do. It's going beyond that. هَذَا غُلُوْ أَيْضًا فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ ذَلِكَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالَ لَهُمْ So when the Prophet ﷺ heard what these three men had said they're going to do, he said to them, أَنْتُمُ الَّذِينَ قُلْتُمْ كَذَا وَكَذَا Are you the ones who said such and such? Those statements. And then he told them, أَمَّا وَاللَّهِ أو أما والله إني لا أرجو أن أكون أعرفكم بالله عز وجل وأخشاكم لله. The messenger said that I consider or hope to be the most knowledgeable from all of you of Allah. And of course, the messenger is the most knowledgeable from everyone of Allah. And that I am the most fearing, the one with the greatest khashiyah. Of Allah compared to you all. And that is the case. And then he tells them, Despite that, I can tell you, Inni usalli wa anam. That I pray at night, But I also allow a portion of the night to sleep as well. Not all of the night, Every night staying up and never sleeping at night. I pray at night, But also I sleep. And I fast. But also there are times where I do not fast. There are narrations where Aisha radiallahu anha said, sometimes the messenger would fast so much, we would think he's never going to take a day off. Always fasting every day. And then there were instances where he didn't used to fast for so much, we used to think he's not going to fast anymore. So there used to be times he would fast and there were times he didn't fast. And we know the sunnah, the best of the fasting is the fasting of the Prophet Dawood, that he would fast on one day and then take one day off. And then people always ask, but then how are you going to do that with Mondays and Thursdays? And how are you going to do that if you follow the opinion of a Shaykh al-Bani and others and do not fast on a Saturday? 
So then what are you going to do? How are you going to do the fasting of Dawood? One day on, one day off, but at the same time we know about the sunnah of Mondays and Thursdays. Because if you do one day off, one day on, you're never going to be able to do Monday and Thursday every week. And Saturdays, if you follow the opinion, you're not allowed to fast Saturdays except in the month of Ramadan. There is an opinion that exists that it is not permissible to fast Saturdays except for the obligatory fasts, Ramadan. It's an opinion. So if you follow that opinion too, for example, and regarding Mondays and Thursdays, and regarding not fasting Fridays by itself, all of these issues, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? What we're going to do is set it as a homework and you're going to bring the fatawa next week, inshallah. The homework is, tell us, how is a person going to do the fasting of Dawood one day on, one day off, but then the problem of Mondays and Thursdays sunnah, the problem of not fasting Fridays by itself, the problem of not fasting Saturday at all, if you follow that opinion. That's the homework this week, it's an easy one. Find us the answers and the fatawa regarding how you do that and what you're supposed to do. It's a very common question everybody always asks. So inshallah ta'ala, we will have somebody as the mufti next week who gives us the answer. Answer to that question. So here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he told them that I fast and I take days off. nisa, and I also marry. And the messenger married, of course. I marry, but I do my worship. And then he said, Faman minni. That whomsoever uh, turns away from my sunnah, then he is not from me. Raghiba in the Arabic language means what? To desire. So it can mean to desire something, and it can mean to detest something. The same word. And it just depends on what word is used alongside it. Or harf jar is used alongside it. If it is an, raghiba an, such and such, that's to turn away from detest. But if it is raghiba fi, such and such, that is to desire it. So here it's an, whomsoever turns away from my sunnah, the way that I've taught it, and the boundaries that I have set, then that person is not from me. فَلَيْسَ minni. هذا غلو نهى عنه الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وأمر بالتوسط وعدم الغلو. So that exaggeration, the messenger he warned against it and commanded us to be upon the middle path in our practice. Further examples the Sheikh he gives, and these are widespread and known examples. ولما لقطت له عليه الصلاة والسلام حصل جمار أمثال حصل خذ. يعني أكبر من الحمص بقليل أخذها صلى الله عليه وسلم في كفه وقال أمثال هؤلاء فرموا وإياكم والغلو فإنما أهلك من كان قبلكم الغلو إن حج 
When the Prophet ﷺ was in the Hajj, the farewell Hajj, Hajjatul Wida', the only Hajj the Messenger did, the stoning, the stones were collected for him. Some stones were collected for him so he could go and do the stoning with them. The stoning, of course, as you know, on the day of Eid, you go and stone seven, and then the following days, how many? Who's done Hajj? If you've done Hajj and you don't remember, Mushkila. You stone on the day of Eid. How many pillars are there to stone? Three pillars. On the day of Eid, you stone how many of those three pillars? Seven each. 21 on the day of Eid. On the day of Eid, it's only one pillar. And then the next three days or two days, if you go early, it's all three pillars. So anyway, the messenger had the stones collected for him so he could go and stone. The stones that were collected for him or the pebbles that were collected for him, they were the size of chickpeas. You know, chickpeas, just a bit bigger than the size of chickpeas. Akbar min al-hummus biqalil. Slightly bigger than the, the hummus, what you make the hummus from. Those chickpeas, just a bit bigger, just small pebbles. And so he took them in his hand and he said, Amfal ha'ula ifarmu. The size of these ones, that's what you throw. And be warned from exaggeration and excessiveness. For indeed those who came before you were destroyed because of their exaggeration and excessiveness. What is the exaggeration that occurs in this? That people don't get the small pebbles. They pick up rocks and stones. In fact, on one occasion... After Hajj finishes, after Hajj finishes, immediately that next week or two weeks, there are no visas. Nobody else new can come into Saudi Arabia. All the visas are closed after Hajj finishes for a while because of all the cleanup process. And so at that time, on one occasion with the University of Medina, we went. And there's no foreigners. Everybody, the Hujjaj have gone. Visas are closed. There's nobody there. All empty. You've seen the pictures of the Kaaba when there's about five people around it. We were there, five people around it. After Hajj, all the visas closed, nobody's there. So then we went at that time and they took us to the stoning. They took us to the areas. The university made a trip, let's go see the places. And of course, this was just after Hajj, maybe a week after Hajj or two weeks after Hajj, when everybody's gone. We went and there were big bulldozers there cleaning up all of Arafah, Muzdalifah, big bulldozers picking up empty bottles of water, rubbish, all types of things. And we went to the stoning area, the Jamarat. And the bulldozers there, picking all of it out, and all the rubbish out, and what people have thrown. And we saw it with our own eyes. People have thrown in their sandals. Sandals, ya shaitan. Sandals onto the uh, 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 Jamarat. They've thrown in bags, carrier bags, tied up. Allahu alam what is inside of those carrier bags. But think the worst. Carrier bags tied up, thrown in there. All types of other huge objects. That's why they need the bulldozer. Big objects, shoes and bags tied up with all types of things in there, rocks and all types of things being thrown in there. And we saw them all. 
And the messenger told us here, Be warned from exaggeration. It is not even big stones. Small pebbles that you pick up. Small pebbles the size of the chickpeas or slightly bigger. And those are thrown onto the jamarat. It is not as the people think you are actually literally stoning the shaitan. It is not the case. You are not actually literally stoning the shaitan. Yes, there are some narrations about Ibrahim salam coming across the shaitan, etc. But here, the stoning is a pure act of worship. It is ibadah mahdah. It is not literally stoning the shaitan. And that's the mistake that the people fall into. They think that this is physically, literally hitting the shaitan. And so, big rocks and slippers and ya shaitan and all those things. And this is from the misguidance and the distancing of the people from the sunnah. And that's why it's important, talabul ilm, seeking knowledge, understanding the Qur'an, understanding the sunnah, to remove the ignorance from yourselves and from others, from your families, from your communities. So here the Prophet ﷺ in that narration also told them, do not fall into ghulu, even with those pebbles. Even with those pebbles don't go into exaggeration. وَالْيَهُودُ وَالنَّصَارَى غَلَوْ فِي أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ And the Jews and the Christians, they exaggerated in their prophets. وَغَلَوْ فِي دِينِهِمْ And they exaggerated in their religion, in both aspects, in people and in religion. غَلَوْ فِي أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ In terms of their exaggeration in people, in their prophets, حيث قالت النصارى للمسيح ابن الله. They of course said regarding Isa عليه السلام that he is the son of Allah. فرفعوه فوق منزلة البشرية. So they raised him above the level of mankind, above the level of being human. They raised him above into the level as they claimed of being God. إِلَى مَنْزِلَةِ الرُّبُوبِيَّةِ وَيُسَمُّونَهُ الرَّبِّ So they raised him to the level of lordship and they call him a lord, a god, a part of the trinity. أَمَّا الْيَهُودِ فَقَدْ غَلَوْ فِي عُزَيْرِ قَالُوا هُوَ ابْنُ اللَّهِ And the Jews, sects from amongst them, they exaggerated in Uzair and they claimed he is the son of Allah. وَكَذَلِكَ النَّصَارَى غَلَوْ فِي دِينِهِمْ And the Christians, they also exaggerated in their religion too. Not just in their prophets, raising Isa alayhi salam to the level of rububiyyah, lordship, worship. They also exaggerated in their practice of their religion. So they invented, innovated the practice of the monks. Their monks, the monks of the Christians, they do the kinds of things that we mentioned earlier. They won't, like in their sleep and in marriage and these things, they abstain from all of these types of things. They abstain from marriage and from other affairs. And they sit there in the temples, in the churches, and it is all worship. It is an exaggeration that they were never taught. It is a ghulu in their religion. At-tabattul wa-ta'abbud wa-luzum as-sawami' wa-adim al-khuruj minha rahbaniyya abtada'uha. 
this monkhood, being a monk and sitting in the church, in their temple, never exiting, never marrying, barely eating, barely sleeping as they do, that is all of the exaggeration. Exaggeration that Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَرَهْبَانِيَّةً ابْتَدَعُوهَا مَا كَتَبْنَاهَا عَلَيْهِمْ This monkhood that they, ex- that they uh, innovated, they innovated it themselves and we did not prescribe that upon them. You can also actually mention here Gulu in the opposite direction. The Jews, they went into Gulu with regards to Isa salam the other way. And they wanted to kill him and they made all types of accusations against him and they claimed that his mother is a fornicator. So they went into ghulu in their statements against Isa salam, exaggeration, excessiveness, beyond the limits and the boundaries in what they said about Isa salam. So this was the exaggeration and the ghulu that the Jews and the Christians they fell into. And Allah told us in the Quran in Surah An-Nisa, Ya ahl al-kitab la taghlu fi dinikum wa la taqulu ala Allah illa al-haq. O people of the book, do not exaggerate in your religion and do not say upon Allah except the truth. Innama al-Masihu Isa ibn Maryam Rasulullah. Isa alayhi salam al-Masih, the son of Maryam, is a messenger of Allah. وَكَلِمَتُهُ أَلْقَاهَا إِلَى مَرْيَمْ And the word that Allah cast upon Maryam, كُنْ فَيَكُونْ Be and he was. وَرُوحٌ مِّنْهُ And a soul from amongst the souls from Allah that was blown into him. فَآمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرُسُلِهِ So believe in Allah and His Messenger. وَلَا تَقُولُوا ثَلَاثَ In the Qur'an. And do not say Trinity. Do not say three. انتهوا خيرا لكم. Stop from that. Abstain from that. It's better. إنما الله إله واحد. Indeed, Allah is only one deity to be worshipped. سبحانه أن يكون له ولد. That Allah is free from these deficiencies of attributing to, to Him a child. له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض. To Him belongs everything in the heavens and the earth. وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ وَكِيلًا And Allah is sufficient as a protector. فَكَذَلِكَ الَّذِينَ غَلَوْا So now then, that was the example of the Jews and the Christians in particular. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan now says and connects it to the Mushrikun. Otherwise, كَذَلِكَ الَّذِينَ غَلَوْا فِي الصَّالِحِينَ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ حَتَّى عَبَدُوهُمْ مَعَ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَجَعَلُوا لَهُمْ شَيْئًا مِّنَ الرُّبُوبِيَّةِ وَالْأُولُوهِيَّةِ سَوَاءً بِسَوَاءً That also the people from this ummah attributing themselves to Al-Islam, but when they exaggerated in raising people above their levels and praising them above their stations and rank, and going beyond the boundaries to the level of falling into their worship, then they 
are exactly the same as the examples given of Ahlul Kitab. Ahlul Kitab raised Isa salam and Uzair and began worshipping them. The mushrikun from this ummah, they ended up from amongst them raising the righteous to a level where they began falling into their worship also. And an example of that is from this narration of Ibn Abbas coming up. عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما في قول الله تعالى عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما He said regarding the statement of Allah وقالوا لا تذرن آلهتكم And they said do not abandon your gods ولا تذرن ودا ولا سواعا ولا يغوث ويعوق ونصرا and do not abandon Wad and Suwa' and Yaghuth and Ya'uq and Nasr. These were names of righteous people who lived in the generation around about or just before Nuh alayhi salam. They were righteous people who lived at that time. Waddan and Suwa' and Yaghuth and Ya'uq and Nasr. Righteous people who lived in and around about the 10th generation of people, the time of Nuh alayhi salam. قوم نوح لما نهاهم نبي الله نوح عليه الصلاة والسلام عن الشرك وأمرهم بعبادة الله وحده لا شريك له تواصوا فيما بينهم بهذه الوصية الكافرة. When Nuh alayhi salam warned the people, against the worship of the idols, warn them against that, warn them against worshipping others besides Allah, against shirk. The mushrikun began speaking amongst themselves and advising each other with this advice that Allah mentioned in the Quran, they said, when they said, لا تذرن آلهتكم No, don't leave your gods. ولا تذرن ودا ولا سواعن And all of them, and don't leave all of these others, waddan suwa'an yaghuth and yaruq and nasr, don't leave them. That's what they began saying to each other in opposition to what Nuh alayhi salam was telling them. فَقَالُوا لَا تَذَرُنَّ آلِهَتَكُمْ They said, no, don't leave your gods. Meaning, forget Nuh. لَا تُطِيعُوا نُوحًا Do not obey what Nuh says. لَا تَتْرُكُوا آلِهَتَكُمُ الَّتِي تَعْبُدُونَهَا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ don't leave the idols that you worship besides Allah. And then, لا تذرن ودا ولا سواعا ولا يغوث ويعوق ونصرا. And don't leave the aforementioned. And they were names of righteous people at that time. وكان هذا في الأول لأن الناس كانوا بعد آدم عليه السلام على دين التوحيد. People initially after Adam alayhi salam. They were upon the religion of Tawheed, كما قال ابن عباس, as it is mentioned in the narration of ابن عباس in Al-Bukhari, he said, كانوا على دين التوحيد, that they were upon the religion of Tawheed, عشرة قرون, for ten generations. Adam alayhi salam, from after him, ten generations. And they don't mean ten generations in terms of people, they mean 10 generations typically by default in the Arabic language of 100 years each. So from Adam alayhi salam to when Nuh alayhi salam came, 
there were approximately a thousand years between them. Because Qarn, by default in the language, indicates a hundred years. So Asharat Qurun, ten, Qurun, the ten hundreds years or the ten decades, a hundred years, would indicate a thousand altogether between Adam alayhi salam and Nuh alayhi salam. And all of those generations were upon Tawheed. وَكَانَ هَؤُلَاءِ صَالِحُونَ فِي هَذَا الْعَهْدِ عَهْدِ التَّوْحِيدِ They were all upon Tawheed in those generations from Adam alayhi salam to Nuh alayhi salam. Then the corruption arose at the time of Nuh alayhi salam or just prior to him in the people in that generation the corruption arose amongst them and Nuh alayhi salam was sent to warn them. And that story you know very well. But inshallah ta'ala, we'll go through that story again. But it will be next time. Next time, inshallah ta'ala, we'll resume from that section, finish off the rest of the chapter. Uh, we'll conclude upon that for today. I think a lot of people today, they arrived late. The class is no longer 8.30, it's earlier. Maghrib is coming in a lot earlier now. The times of the prayers are coming in earlier, winter times. So inshallah ta'ala, next week try to arrive for 8 p.m. And I'll try to arrive as close as possible to 8 p.m., 5 past, 10 past, whatever it is, and we'll begin straight away, inshallah.